As the coat check girl, a.k.a. the station master, draws her face right up close to the glass window of her little booth and fixes me with a piercing gaze. Her fine features and short blonde hair lend her a certain elfin beauty. It's hard to believe she's a mass murderer. Honestly, how does a dream invader even kill people? People have bad dreams all the time. They're just dreams. I should have asked when Packard assigned me her case. Do you get a lot of patients coming to your clinic with, you know, Morgan Brookstein's parasites colonizing their organs? She asks. Oh, yes. I run my finger along the semicircular hole at the bottom of the window. The coat check booth is situated along a kind of balcony overlooking the glamorous piano bar below. They call this place the Sapphire Sunset. Soft music and voices rise up through the air, punctuated by occasional hoots of laughter. What happens to them? Well, once a person's organs are colonized, I shake my head. But I thought there were promising new medications on the horizon. Promising maybe overstating it. Just between us, we don't want people scared if they have symptoms. Ez stiffens. People should be scared if they have symptoms? No, I said we don't want them to be scared. Which implies they should be scared. The conversation winds on like this for a while. It's easy to frighten a hypochondriac once you understand that it's just an adult version of monsters in the closet. I study the booth as she describes her symptoms. Stationmaster Ez is separated from the world by two panes of glass. Tokens are passed back and forth along a metal gully under the semicircular holes. To the left is a coat carousel, like a revolving door for coats. Patrons hang them on hooks, and Ez spins the coats to her side. She slides a token across the gully for each coat, and then she hangs it up and rollers off lint. You'd never know it's been her prison for three years. The curtain behind her probably hides where she sleeps and bathes. Cut off even from touch, Otto only reserves this level of security for his most dangerous offenders. Usually when he makes a force field prison, non-prisoners can pass in and out. That's how it was when he had Packard imprisoned in the Mongolian Delights restaurant. A new tune noodles up from below. Muskrat love. Ez lowers her voice. Whenever he plays that, I want to shove an ice pick in my ear. I bet. I'd like nothing better than to discuss the insanity of that song, but I can't let her get off subject. Look, I could take your pulse and examine your skin tonus, I say. That would provide certain indicators. She points to the window. Anti-burglar force field. I nod. So that's how she explains it. Probably only the owner knows she lives here. Her eyes grow huge as I pass my hand through. I have to be touching a target to Zinger. How'd you do that? I'm ready with my story. As a nurse, I have a discrambler that unknits fields just enough for me to pass through. I never heard of that. What if you're having a heart attack? How would I treat you? I don't tell her the device is the chain bracelet I'm wearing. She might try to rip it right off. Come on, let's see.
Cautiously, she places her hand in mine, and I pull it toward me, back across the gully, and pretend to inspect her skin as I stoke up the fear I'm going to zing her with. The abnormally large amount of fear I'm able to generate is the reason Packard drafted me into his psychological hit squad, and the reason he could teach me to dump it into other people just by touching them. Later, others from my squad will do the same thing to her, with different emotions. We're like a demolition team of neurotics. I focus on one of my triggers, the plastic hospital tray where you put your jewelry before an operation. I feel the panic thicken my throat, speed my pulse. The room goes bright. I hate this job more every day. Can I get one of those? A descrambler? Medical professionals only. Let's see the other one. She extends her other hand toward mine. It occurs to me that this is probably the first time somebody has touched her in years. I feel like such a fiend. Can I just see the descrambler? She asks. I'd really like to just see it. Sorry, I'm not supposed to show it around. I concentrate on ripping the hole between our energy dimensions in the area beyond my fingers. The hole acts as a kind of siphon tube, allowing my dark, roiling emotions to rush out of me and into her. Out they flow, faster and faster. I try to maintain my composure, standing there inspecting her hand, but I feel this incredible levity as the heavy fear leaves my body, my mind, my entire being. When it's all gone, there's only the sensation of wind inside my fingers, and exquisite calm. My shoulders drop. Everything's new.